and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here, The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. I want to go out of the gate uh, to Frank calling about the Ukrainian situation. Frank, welcome. Hey, Eric. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. I'd just like to say that I think the Western media narrative about a potential invasion of Ukraine by Russia is a little disingenuous because they don't mention that we're trying to admit the Ukraine into NATO. And how is that any different than if Russia, had they won the Cold War, were trying to admit Mexico or Canada uh, into the Warsaw Pact, if it still existed? And that's not to defend Putin. It's just to say that this is a dangerous guy and we have to treat him the right way and not act too aggressively and certainly not report on the reality of what's taking place. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I, I, I mentioned that yesterday in passing that there was, in fact, a little bit of Western arrogance involved in the situation and that they decided they could add a country like Ukraine. Not only that, Ukraine amended its constitution uh, in 2019 so that its preamble reflects that it wishes to embrace the values of the European Union and the North Amer- North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Um, So clearly uh, adding that language had a lot to do uh, with the Russian saber rattling as well. At at some point, you know, you can have working relationships with countries without bringing them into the fold to avoid antagonizing Putin. And a lot of this is Putin feels very antagonized, but also historically, in fairness to the NATO people, the reason they wanted to do this is because Putin has made it very clear that he wants to restore Russia to what he believes are the natural Russian borders, which means uh, bringing back in Belarus, where he already has a a strong man there, bringing back in Ukraine, which has historically been uh, not just the Soviet Union's breadbasket, but um, part of the Russian Empire, uh, a periphery of the Russian Empire, and Georgia, which they've already taken over. So you've got these competing interests there. The Ukrainian people really, they don't want to be tied to Russia. Well, the Western Ukrainian people, Eastern Ukraine, Fairly Russian, Western Ukraine, not very Russian. And I could see a scenario where it gets divided down the middle between uh, Russian Ukraine and, and Western Ukraine. We'll we'll see if they get there or not. Now, I wanted to take Frank to put a bow on the conversation and move on because there's other stuff I want to talk about, including a man is in custody for trying to burn down the Christmas tree outside Fox News' studios. Police department spokesman confirmed a 49-year-old man is in custody. Is Chris Cuomo 49? Uh, (laughs) Um, Investigators couldn't confirm an incendiary device was used. A light was removed from the suspect. It's not clear if it was used. Video posted by witnesses to a citizen app shows thick clouds of black smoke coming from the tree after police said someone allegedly lit the tree located on West 48th Street and 6th Avenue, on fire. Sure enough, I mean, the sucker went up in flames. This is a gorgeous tree outside Fox. Uh, now, the man acted alone, and they don't know whether it was premeditated or politically motivated or if he was just a crazy person. The odds are, being outside Fox News, probably uh, was a, a rabid, insane partisan. There were 10,000 glass ornaments, 100,000 lights, and it took 21 hours to put together. My goodness gracious, almost as bright as my Christmas tree. (laughs) 
Now, I, I say that because, you know, your natural presumption when you hear that someone torched the Christmas tree at Fox News, maybe it was a crazy homeless person in New York, but the odds are it was some sort of insane progressive. And the insanity is spreading. And this is the problem. Axios has this data. And this is something that we need to consider. Young Democrats are more likely to despise Republicans than young Republicans are to despise Democrats. This is a survey of 850 college students nationwide by Generation Lab and Axios. College students who would not uh, blank someone who voted for the opposing presidential candidate. So college students who would not go on a date with someone who voted for the opposing presidential candidate. 71% of Democrats in college say they would not go on a date with a Republican. Only 31 of Republicans say they wouldn't go on a date with a Democrat. 41% of college students who are Democrats said they wouldn't shop at or support the business of a Republican. 7% of Republicans said they wouldn't shop at a business of a Democrat. 37% of Democratic college students said they wouldn't be friends with a Republican. Only 5% of Republicans, college students, said they wouldn't be friends with a Democrat. And 30% of Democratic college students said they would not work for someone who is a Republican. Only 7% of Republicans said they wouldn't work for someone who's a Democrat. Now, let's break this down here. Uh, from Axios, nearly a quarter of college students wouldn't be friends with someone who voted for the other presidential candidate. Democrats far more likely to dismiss people than Republicans. Partisan divides make a future of discord and distrust all the more likely. 5% of Republicans said they wouldn't be friends with someone from the opposite party compared to 37% of Democrats. Between the lines, Democrats argue that modern GOP positions spearheaded by Donald Trump are far outside the mainstream and polite conversation. Some have expressed unyielding positions on matters of identity, from abortion to gay rights and immigration, where they argue human rights are at stake. Women are far more likely than men to take a strong partisan stance in their personal choices. 41% of women would go on a date with someone who voted for the opposite candidate compared to 67% of men. 76% of women would work for someone who voted for the other candidate. 86% of men would. Only 68% of women would shop at a business of someone of the other party. 84% of men would. The bigger divide is among partisanship, Democrats and Republicans. This is not good, but it also shows you why there are a lot of Republicans out there who are willing to break Democratic norms in support of Donald Trump. Now, how does that work exactly? Well, when you have, and let's go back to the numbers, 71% of Democrats say they won't date a Republican. 41% won't shop at the business of a Republican, 37 won't be friends with a Republican, and 30% won't even work for a Republican. Those are the Democrats. The Republicans, only 31% of Republicans wouldn't go out on a date with someone. Only 7% wouldn't shop at a business, 5% be friends with, or 7% work for someone of the opposite party. It shows an increasing intolerance among Democrats that doesn't exist among even college-age Republicans. So you have a bunch of Republicans who hear the Democrats say 71% of us won't go on a date with you Republicans. 41% of us won't even go to your business. 
and a third of us won't even work for you. Well, obviously, those Democrats want to enact partisan political positions in power. And if those Democrats hate the Republicans so much, you can imagine what their political preferences would wind up being. Deeply hostile to Republicans, deeply hostile to conservatives, deeply hostile to Christians. It's no wonder there are Republicans out there who feel like we got to stick with Donald Trump, even if we don't care for him. We got to stick with him and we've got to do things we wouldn't otherwise want to do when it comes to democracy because if the Democrats get in power, they're going to come after us. They're going to use the power of the state to come after us. There's no trust there. How can there be trust when the Democrats despise you in that regard? And the Democrats are the, the Democrats make everything about outside the norms. You're not an advocate of transgenderism. Well, you're a bigot who needs to be destroyed. You're not an advocate of abortion. Well, you want to tell women what to do with their bodies. You're a bigot and you need to be destroyed. You want to secure the border? Well, you're a bigot and you need to be destroyed. The Democrats have taken political positions and turned them into religious orthodoxy and now want to burn all the heretics. That's why so many Republicans are willing to stand with Donald Trump and upend Democratic norms, because they know Donald Trump is the only thing that stands between them and the persecution of the Democrats by the Democrats. The Democratic Torquemadas coming for anyone who doesn't agree with them. I mean, you see this in the Fortune 500. If you are in a human resources department for a Fortune 500 company, or you are an executive management of a Fortune 500 company, I want you to hear this, and you're not going to like it. But you need to take it to heart. Your diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are doing way more harm than good. As someone who has had to sit through these nonsensical things, I can tell you, you're not really changing anybody's mind. What you are doing is, is you're planting your flag on the side of intolerance. In the name of tolerance, ironically, you're planting your flag with the intolerant side. You're planting your flag with the side that has perverted science to justify itself and perverted social science as well to justify itself, to become bullies, to silence the other. You take these ideas on diversity, equity, and inclusion, like, for example, Objectivity is white supremacy. That's one of the issues that comes up in a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion courses. Probably your own, whether you realize it or not. Well, most people, regardless of race, look at that and say, well, that's BS. But our upper management endorsed this program. So can we be open? Can we be honest? Can we be frank? And that fosters resentment. And meanwhile, they know the wokes who run the HR department are going to be deeply unsympathetic to the concerns. And you may lose your job. And that just makes people mad that I can't really speak up and talk because I'm going to lose my job by pointing out the emperor has no clothes. If you want to understand the last five years, if you want to understand why so many Republicans are convinced the election was stolen. If you want to understand why a group of citizens would storm the United States Capitol to try to stop the Electoral College votes from happening, you need to understand that this data 
makes the problem even worse. And the Democrats are really the ones who own the problem, whether they like it or not. Because the Democrats are expressing sheer intolerance for anyone with any view not their own. If you're a Christian who doesn't want to make the bake, bake the cake, we'll bake the cake bigot. If you're a Christian who does not want to fund public school education, that's indoctrination, not education, well, shut up and write your check, or we're going to use the government to take your house for refusing to pay your taxes. If you support the vaccine, but you don't support mandates, well, you're an anti-vaxxer, and you should be hounded from society. The left solutions are all about shutting you up and driving you out of the public square. And in the face of that, there are a lot of people, well-meaning good people, who obviously conclude if the Democrats are willing to do all that, of course they're willing to steal the election. Of course, they will stop at nothing to get power, and they will come after us. And so what was what must we do? We must stand with Donald Trump. The Democrats don't like to talk about this way. The media certainly doesn't like to talk about this way. The media likes to put it all on Donald Trump. The reality is Donald Trump would not exist or have the power he does over a large segment of the Republican Party if the Democrats did not every time look like they want to play for keeps and punish anyone who doesn't go along with their agenda. Anytime you stand up and say, maybe we shouldn't defund the police, you're a racist. Anytime you stand up and say, you know, racism isn't that bad anymore, well, you're a denial racist. Anytime you stand up and say, maybe we should protect Christian conscience, well, you're a bigot. And you must be punished. You must be destroyed. You must be trotted through the halls of your corporation while people yell shame at you. You must be put on a watch list, denied a flight, forced into a mask, forced to get a vaccine, forced to keep your kid home, forced to be shamed in public society for your views. And people have had enough of it. I don't think the election was stolen, but I understand why people do. When the Democrats are that intolerant of anyone else and have decided that any view not their own is a heresy and is an abomination and is a sign of unfathomable unfathomable bigotry and intolerance, of course people decide, I got to go with this guy and have his back at all times to protect me from those people. And as long as the Democrats have that much intolerance and hatred for everyone else and views them in such a way as to despise them, you're going to get more of this. And yes, Democrats, this actually is on you. And it's on you because all of the objective polling from Axios, from Gallup, from Reuters, from uh, TIP, from ABC News, Wall Street Journal, for, for ABC News, Washington Post, from NBC, Wall Street Journal shows time and time again, it is the Democratic Party and the progressives who are less likely to know or have friends with anyone on the other side. It is the Democrats who are less likely to boycott or more likely to boycott any business that doesn't share their values. It is the Democrats who are more likely to believe people who don't share their views must be silenced. It is the Democrats who are more likely to think that their corporation better reflect their values or else. And in the face of that, of course, people are on the other side saying, I got to line up with politicians who are willing to be just as intolerant of the Democrats as the Democrats are of me. So yes, Democrats, your intolerance and hatred of the other side and making everything about orthodoxy, its this is on you. You are struggling right now. Well, you should be because I am. What am I going to get people for Christmas that I love? What am I going to get myself? 
Well, there are lots of things you can do. And one of the things you can do is considering how much time we sleep and stay in our beds, consider gifting Bull and Branch. My gosh, their sheets are comfortable. My wife was so excited when I told her that Bull and Branch was going to be an advertiser because she's been hearing about their sheets and she wanted some and we bought some and then they sent us some. And gosh, she knew she was getting that second pair and she loves them. We have Bull and Branch on most of the beds in our house now. And all the time people ask us when they stay at our house, what exactly it is? Where do we get our sheets? Because you can feel the difference. They are very soft. You know, they've got a good snug feel to them, but they're also very soft. You can tell they've got a high thread count. I really, really do like these things. They are very soft. They've got organic cotton weave. They feel incredible all season long, every season, from twin-sized beds to California kings. Treat yourself and your loved ones to the new standard in bedding from Bull & Branch. Their gifts come wrapped and ready in their special holiday packaging. If you order by December 19th, you get guaranteed delivery for Christmas. Best deals of the year are going now from December 6th to December 8th with promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bullandbranch.com. That's bull, B-O-L-L, and branch. Com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions may apply. You're going to want Bull and Branch. Yes, you are. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. You know, I continue to go back to one of the key data points that we have now seen five years in a row. Progressives are far less likely to have friends who are conservatives than conservatives are to have friends who are progressive. Now, how does that work out? Well, you know, a lot of progressives, well, let's just take, let, let's take um, Washington, D.C. Progressives tend to live in and around Washington, D.C. and the conservatives commute in because the conservatives tend to have larger families, so they live further out into Virginia or Maryland where properties are cheaper, schools tend to be better, and they commute in. So they come in and they're working with progressives. They befriend these progressives in their little areas where they live, Woodbridge, Virginia, or the like, Montgomery County, Maryland, they, they befriend progressives. But a lot of the progressives who live up there who outnumber the conservatives. They live within Washington, D.C. They only hang out with people who are in Washington, D.C. Got a buddy of mine up there. Uh, works for a consulting company. Uh, is from South Georgia. Uh, came out, is gay, moved out of uh, Georgia, moved to Washington, D.C. Uh, lives in an area up there where he's surrounded by other people who are gay, progressive, 30-somethings, and has to explain to them the way people who don't live up there in that worldview operate. And he, he laughs all the time about how he feels like he's some sort of ambassador to uh, straight white Christians from South Georgia. And it's just, it's a different world. For several years when I practiced law, I volunteered for the Alliance Defending Freedom to be an on-call lawyer for him. It's one of the few legal nonprofits in the country that really racks up wins, both state courts and federal courts for conservatives and Christians. People have a Christian conservative worldview. Since leaving my law practice, I volunteered in the past to speak at ADF events, 
I've been to their training sessions where they teach lawyers and pundits how to talk plainly about complex legal issues and understand the state of play on cases around the country from local city councils all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court. Now I'm glad to have ADF as an advertiser, but honestly, I'd be encouraging you to support them this time of year anyway. The Alliance Defending Freedom takes donations from you and uses them to help those who can't afford lawyers hire the very best lawyers to fight for freedom from the Supreme Court of the land all the way down to the local level. Right now, ADF has received a matching grant, so all new donors will have their gifts matched. All you have to do is go to adflegal.org slash Erickson today and donate. adflegal.org slash Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-97-ERIC, 877-973-7425. Carrie, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, yeah, I just am amazed at those percentages because I think it really speaks to the Democrats' disconnect to the reality of varying opinions. And they want to talk about diversity all the time, but not diversity of thinking. And I just think that's just so interesting because I think it leads to tunnel vision, to group think, and then all of a sudden their government's lining them up and taking them into a gas chamber. And how did that happen? How did that happen? Well, because they only fall for the group think. They're not thinking for themselves. Right. So now who got taken into the gas chamber? Well, I just think it's interesting because kind of like the whole Black Lives Matter thing, I think a lot of, of African-American friends of mine jumped on the Black Lives Matter during all of that, but they didn't really know what the Black Lives Matter group really stood for. Because yeah. they were just going with the group think. They weren't really delving into it and thinking for themselves. Uh, yep, I, I agree with that. Um, I would tell you, though, that uh, the moment you say something like drag them into the gas chamber is the moment everyone turns out and says this is a crazy person. Uh, you, you, you can't say stuff like that um, because it, it, it does to the Democrats like my frustration with them on the big lie conversation. Um, that, that the big lie was a specific phrase tied to Adolf Hitler. And I have a real hard time taking Democrats seriously when they start talking about uh, the president in 2020 with the big lie comparing it to the Nazis in the same way. I have a real hard time taking people seriously uh, when they talk about gas chambers and groupthink. Um, no, I, I know you didn't mean that, Gary. Um, but you got to, words still matter to me and phrases and it, it certainly throws you for a loop when you say, well, they, they get into the group thing and head into the gas chambers. It's, the, the problem is it, it's not them heading in. It, it's other people. Yes, uh, it ends badly for other people. Now, let's take the Black Lives Matter stuff. Did you guys know that the premier Black Lives Matters organization in the nation, as Kerry was talking about, actually is a Marxist organization, explicitly so? It wants to end, uh, the, as in, in its words, the Western prescribed nuclear family. That was on its website. Until people on the right started calling it out, the Western prescribed nuclear family and heteronormative policies, whatever the hell that means. There are a lot of people out there with a lot of groupthink, and they are the people who ultimately things wind up badly. And to put this in perspective, where I think, Carrie, you can go instead of gas chambers and talking about this reasonably, is it is far left ideologies around the world that have caused more mass strife and loss of human life 
than conservative ideologies. Communism, and as much as the left likes to say uh, Nazism is some sort of right-wing ideology, it is socialism, national socialism, a nationalistic socialism. But take the communists. You don't even have to deal with the Nazis. The communists are a uh, indisputably left-wing ideology, and from China to North Korea to Cuba to Venezuela to the Soviet Union, the mass loss of life from a godless, secular, progressive ideology is deeply troubling. And then that gets to the larger point, to the group think issue, where Democrats have a problem in this country. For, forget the extreme rhetoric. Forget the, the, the slippery slope and where it could end. Just look at the current electoral landscape. If you're a Democrat, if you are a Democrat, I suspect you believe that one of the greatest things that could happen to you politically is for the Supreme Court to end Roe versus Wade. You may not want it to happen. You may not want the Supreme Court to go there, but you think, well, if they do it, there's going to be hell to pay at the ballot box. The data is not there for you. But if you turn on CNN or MSNBC, you read the New York Times, or the Wall Street Journal or the Washington Post, you think the data is there for you. You think that it's going to benefit you. The problem is the data is not there for you. I want to mention to you a name. If you're in Georgia, you probably know the name. If you're not in Georgia, you don't. Ed Setzler. If you don't live anywhere near Atlanta, Georgia, you don't know the name Ed Setzler, except you do. You may not know that you do, but you do. Because Ed Setzler wrote the six-week fetal heartbeat abortion ban in the state of Georgia, which became the model legislation for a number of other states that passed fetal heartbeat legislation. In 2020, Ed Setzler became the face of, in the words of the left, the anti-abortion movement. More money poured into Georgia to defeat this man than in any other state legislative seat in the country because he wrote that legislation. Hollywood celebrities vilified him. Progressive activists poured money into his state house district. He's just a state house member. He's not even a congressman. But his district went for Stacey Abrams over Brian Kemp. And he barely won with 51% of the vote that year. So in 2020, the Democrats knew they could take him out. And if they took him out, they could destroy the pro-life movement in state legislatures as Republicans got scared and didn't want to pass pro-life legislation because they may end up like Ed Setzler. So they poured money into his race. They outspit him and the Republican Party tried to defeat him. His district already went for Stacey Abrams. Come election day 2020, what happened? Joe Biden won his district. John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock won his district. The Democrats swept, except for Ed Setzler's seat. He won. 50.5. They came close, but not enough, and now he's redistricted into a better district. They couldn't knock him off, and do you know why? Because they made the entire race about abortion. 
The entire race was about abortion for them. Ed Sessler was too pro-life for them. He was anti-abortion. He was gonna he was gonna take away a woman's right to choose to control her own body. And they went door to door, and everywhere they went, every door they knocked on. You got to defeat this guy because he's pro. He's anti-abortion. Meanwhile, Ed Sessler also went door to door himself, and he talked about local issues. He talked about crime. He talked about jobs. He talked about education. He went to black households. He went to white households. He went to Democrat households. He went to Republican households. He did what I tell candidates never to do. Don't waste your time going to the hardcore Democrats. But he did. He knocked on their doors. He provided a face. It wasn't that guy is is anti-abortion. It was, hi, I am that guy, and here's what I really stand for. And he won. The pro-abortion side couldn't beat him. They're not going to beat him now. And you know what? In Virginia in 2021, just last month, the Democrats went all out on abortion and said if if Glenn Youngkin won, that he would uh, curtail a woman's right to choose, he would make it harder to have an abortion in Virginia. And the people who cared about abortion overwhelmingly went for Glenn Youngkin because it inspired more pro-lifers than it did pro-abortionists. In fact, where it really matters in 2016, the Supreme Court literally is on the line four to four, progressives versus conservatives. The people who cared most about abortion voted for Donald Trump, and he got elected. In Texas, abortion Barbie, Wendy Davis, the only thing she was known for was abortion. Abortion on demand, defense of abortion, filibustering a pro-life piece of legislation in Texas. She lost the governor's race, and then she lost a congressional race against my friendship Roy. The data is there, but the data shows that abortion actually helps the Republicans more than the Democrats. Democrats, however, they they vehemently do not believe this. They vehemently deny this. They refuse to believe it. You can't name a single Republican anywhere in the nation who lost by being too pro-life. There are certainly pro-lifers who lost, but it wasn't their stance on abortion that cost them. But Democrats intuitively believe that abortion is a winning issue for them. If the Supreme Court gets rid of Roe, it's going to be devastating for the GOP. They don't want Roe gotten rid of, but they think they'll be able to capitalize on it. And the data is not there, and Democrats are finally, Democratic strategists are starting to realize it's not there for them. And this gets to Kerry's point on groupthink. They hurt themselves in addition to everyone else by so embedding themselves into a groupthink that in their worldview, around their friends, in their echo chamber is so, but in reality is not. It's like Latinx. The Democrats believe that they should de-gender words. So instead of Latino and Latina, it's Latinx. But over 40% of Hispanic voters in this country say they're less likely to vote for someone who uses that word. Only 2% of people of Hispanic descent embrace the word Latinx. The people who embrace it are rich, white progressives. And more and more people do not want to be associated with rich, white progressives. Rich, white progressives tend to be very alienating. They tend to be very paternalistic. They tend to think that they must take care of you. You can't take care of yourself. And, you know, Hispanic entrepreneurs in this country, they kind of resent like hell 
that a bunch of rich white secularists come in and tell them, uh, we know what's best for you. We're going to get the government to regulate you and tax you and then use that money to subsidize your existence when they just want to make a buck. Their family immigrated here or they came here and they just they just want the government to leave them alone so they can make money. Money to them is good. It's good to all of us. And yet the rich white progressives think money's bad and they have enough of it so they can live comfortably and they don't want you to have any because they think it's corrupting or they don't think you're capable of getting it yourself. And boy, does that make people mad. But in that bubble of rich white progressives, they think that abortion is good politics for them. And they think that the social welfare spending in this country is good politics for them. They don't relate to people outside their bubble. Now, the Republicans, of course, are in danger of doing this over time as well. For example, while you and I are very Second Amendment, heck, I've got my gun bag in here. My foot is on top of it, actually. It's under my desk. And I've got seven guns in there. I love my guns. But I do think Republicans on the issue of guns, for example, run the risk of turning people off to a degree. Like, for example, open carry. Believe it or not, there's a lot of data out there that people are a little bit squeamish about seeing someone carrying their AR strapped to their shoulder in the local target. Republicans run the risk of being inside the bubble as well, although... It doesn't turn people off a whole lot. You're not actually using the gun for anything ill. And increasingly, with school shootings and stuff, some people actually feel safe by it. But Republicans have to be wary of these issues as well. Same thing, for example, on the issue of um, vaccines. Most Americans oppose the mandate, but they don't oppose the vaccine. Republicans who are vaccine conspiracy theorists have to be careful there as well. I've got in that camp of, of get the vaccine, but don't mandate it. The Democrats are overplaying their hand on that as well because their echo chamber with the press causes confusion. Republicans run the risk of falling into the echo chamber politics that cost them votes. But you know, the reality here is that by and large, overwhelmingly, it is the Democrats in a media feedback loop with a media that is also overwhelmingly progressive that tells them they're right on these issues and they're not. And all you need is the real-world data to show you in Virginia, in these special elections around the country that Democrats expected to win and they're not. It should show them they have problems with the way they're looking at the data, with the way they're looking at their talking points. And they're not – it's not dawning on them, and that gives Republicans a unique advantage. I, I, You know, I say all the time, and I continue to maintain the point. Republicans have a secret weapon headed into 2022. That is the media that affirms all of the Democrats' biases, affirms all the Democrats' talking points, and affirms their reality for them. And in fact, they're wrong, but they're too clueless and sheltered inside their echo chamber to ever even realize it until the voters go vote. And the voters have their way on the Democrats, and it hurts them. That is a Republican advantage. And it becomes more so the more inside the bubble and sheltered and cloistered against other ideas the Democrats choose to become. Now, I don't want you to be cloistered and sheltered in a smelly house. Even if you're a Democrat in your echo chamber, you should at least have clean air. That's why you should get the three-pack Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It's a great product. It cleans the air, gets rid of the bacteria, the mold, the mildew. It can help you with the viruses, but also it gets rid of the odors. It doesn't mask odors. That's something that sets us apart from a lot of these products that mask odors. The Eden Pure gets rid of the odors. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. And you click on my name, Eric Erickson, and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. 
You can get three of these for Christmas to give away to three different people or get them for yourself and put one upstairs, downstairs, in the basement or in the car. You get three of them. They plug in. They fit in your hand. They're small, and they pack a wallop. And you can get them for $200 off. You can get all three of them for less than $200. That's a $200 savings and get free shipping. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. You click on my name, Eric Erickson. You put them in the cart, and at checkout, you use the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K, and the number three, no space, ERIC3. You'll save $200. You'll get three of them for less than $200, and you'll get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Click on Eric Erickson. Take advantage of the deal with the discount code ERIC3. I've only got about two minutes here, so bear with me on the phones. If you want to call in, I'll start the next hour with your phone calls, 877-973-7425. It is Eric Erickson here, Nationwide. Chris Cuomo out at CNN. Hard to believe, given the fawning coverage they allowed him with Andrew Cuomo, but he apparently, um, he really had it. Well, uh, Jeff Zucker had enough of Chris Cuomo, apparently lied to him. And a lot of CNN anchors, I've heard this, you know, I I continue to have good relationships with people at CNN. I worked with them for a number of years, get along well with some of them. And they've really had issues with just the journalistic integrity of what Chris Cuomo was doing. They really don't like, for example, that uh, Don Lemon and Chris Cuomo have served as kind of left-wing versions of MSNBC hosts doing more opinion and punditry than actual news and uh, Jeff Zucker loved Chris Cuomo because he got him good ratings, but now he's had enough. He, in fact, he had lured Je- um, Chris Cuomo over to CNN. So they're out, and now apparently both sides are lawyering up from Vanity Fair. Perhaps the most stunning aspect of Chris Cuomo's downfall at CNN was the speed at which it transpired. For more than six months after the Washington Post first revealed that Cuomo had advised his brother, and members of his staff about responding to a raft of sexual harassment allegations, it appeared the primetime star would skate by. But everything unraveled quickly, starting last Monday evening, when the New York Attorney General's office released a cache of documents showing that Cuomo was far more involved than Andrew Cuomo's war room fending off the allegations than he had previously acknowledged. By Tuesday evening, Cuomo had been suspended indefinitely, pending an investigation that CNN commissioned from a law firm. For the next few days, the conventional wisdom was Cuomo would be off the air for at least a few weeks and then returned. And then Zucker, on Saturday, fired him. 2.30 p.m. Turns out that Cuomo had not been as forthcoming and kept information from them about his involvement. And then there was an additional sexual harassment allegation that came out. And... So now he's gone, and now he's going to sue, looks like. Uh, he's also out at SiriusXM, where he had a radio show. Hey, I know someone who's got a radio show who would be happy at SiriusXM. Uh, and he also has a book deal canceled. I mean, total wipeout for Chris Cuomo at the end. He flew too close to the sun protecting his brother. And there's another sexual harassment allegation allegedly coming out of ABC News against him. So that was too much for CNN to bear. Maybe they should have never hired the Democratic governor's son and then brother who was clearly a partisan and tried to make him into some sort of straight news guy to begin with, but it got them the ratings they wanted for a while. And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. 
I can offer you a fantastic solution if you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business. First Liberty Building and Loan. Let's say you want to buy a new building or you want to refi existing debt or you want to buy a company. Basically, you see opportunity for your business to grow, but you've hit a wall with the mega banks getting financing. That's where First Liberty Building and Loan and my friends, the Frost family, come in. They solve small business financing problems better than anyone I've ever seen. They say yes, where big banks say no. It's that simple. Look, just do this. Spend 10 minutes with them. Call them, First Liberty Building and Loan. Say Eric sent you. In 10 minutes, you'll know if you're a good fit for their program. Go to firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. They help small businesses nationwide in all 50 states. Firstlibertyga.com. 